Welcome to the Living a Naturally Healthy Life podcast with Delane ND, the podcast for people looking to correct chronic illnesses such as diabetes through lifestyle change. I'm Dr. Delane Vaughn. As a physician, I see many patients who are ill because of lifestyle decisions such as food choices. Typically, diseases such as diabetes are managed with pills or injections. This approach creates a vicious, expensive, and unhealthy cycle of medication and then more medication to address the negative side effects. As a physician, and a life coach, I work with clients to resolve their diseases, get off their medications, and live a naturally healthy life. If you don't like the healthcare system in America, I recommend you use less of it by being naturally healthy. So if you feel there has to be a better, more natural way to live a healthy life, you are in the right place. Hello, and welcome to episode number 53 of Living a Naturally Healthy Life with Delane MD. For those of you who are new, this is, I'm I'm Dr. Delane Vaughn. I am a board-certified family practice doctor and a certified life and weight coach. In my business, in my life coaching business, which is called Delane MD, I help people live naturally healthy lives. That's really what I'm passionate about. Sometimes that means reversing your diabetes, and that's frequently what it means, actually. I really, really enjoy working with diabetics because they get really fabulous results and they feel really great at the end of our time together. But I also work with folks for weight loss. I work with folks for stopping smoking. I work with folks all sorts of different ways so that they can live that naturally healthy life. So that's what I do in my business. In this podcast, that's really the topics that we discuss um, in each podcast episode. This podcast episode is a little different in that it's actually a recording of the Facebook Live that I did this week. So if you're unaware, I do a Facebook Live almost every Wednesday. If you've not, if you're unaware of that, check out Delane MD on Facebook. There's tons of Facebook Lives recorded there, similar little tidbits of information that that, that most people will find helpful as they start to initiate this kind of naturally healthy living, naturally healthy lifestyle. So check that out, see if those are things that you might find helpful, but recognize that this podcast, usually my podcast episodes are recorded specifically for my podcast. I don't usually repurpose them, but the Facebook Live on Sleep, which is what you're going to be listening to, the information is really so important and really so straightforward that I just didn't see any sense in doing two, doing the Facebook Live and the podcast. Recognize I usually try to uh, provide totally different information between the Facebook Lives and the podcast. But again, this was just such good information. I thought, why, why make it harder than it needs to be? So you are going to be listening today to the um, recording, the audio recording of the Facebook Live that I've done most recently. So I hope you find that helpful. Again, this podcast is really dedicated to living a naturally healthy life. So if that is something that you're interested in and you've been implementing the strategies that I teach on this podcast. I hope you're having all the luck in the world and you're seeing all of your health goals really come true for you. That's really the reason I put this podcast out is for folks who want to live naturally healthy lives and maybe don't have the financial means to work with me. For those folks who have been trying to do this and not getting the results they want and really would like to start coaching with me or seeing what that looks like, send me an email to delane at delanemd.com. I'm happy to set up a consult and see if my program is something that would work out well for you. Also, if you have any questions at the end of this episode, send an email to delane at delanemd. I'm happy to answer any questions. So enjoy the podcast and I'll talk to you next week. Okay. Welcome to the Facebook Live. So I'm doing things different. I'm always trying to learn new things technology wise because I really struggle with that. So this Facebook live is a repeat. I promised this about two weeks ago and then like I recorded it like I thought I was doing a Facebook live and it's recorded. It's on the Facebook. 
but I can't get it to go anywhere. So it's not really information that's out there for anybody. So I'm redoing it, which is fine and fun, and maybe it'll even be better. But more than that, I am also recording this for my podcast because after like reviewing what I'd put out there for the original Facebook Live and realizing that it was pretty good information, I also realized I wanted to do a podcast for it. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, this is going to sound really weird. This is not typical of my podcast because I don't talk about Facebook Lives usually on my podcast. But definitely, if you're listening to my podcast and you didn't realize that I do Facebook Lives pretty regularly and that I have a presence on Facebook, you can go to Delana MD on Facebook and you can find tons of Facebook Lives that I've done with just brief quips of information for you out there. So that's out there. Go check out my Facebook page, Delana MD on Facebook, and see what's out there for you. If you're listening to the Facebook Live and somehow you miss the fact that I'm doing podcasts every single week, by all means, go find the Living a Naturally Healthy Life with Delane MD podcast. There's over 50 podcasts in this series, and there were 20 some odd podcasts, 30 podcasts for a weight loss series that I'd done before. And you can usually find them both on the same podcast post, which is again, Living a Naturally Healthy Life with Delane MD. So today I want to talk to everybody about sleep. Because I really, really, really strongly feel that this is one of those things in America that we really, truly undervalue. We in America act like sleep is a luxury. If I get time to do it, then I'll do it. The other thing that we do in America, which is tragic, is that we treat sleep like if I don't need sleep, it's a badge of honor. Like, I don't need to sleep that much. I can get away with only sleeping three hours a day, right? We have got it all wrong as far as sleep is concerned. So again, you know, I really have this passion for living a naturally healthy life. I talk about food as a naturally healthy thing. Like what do we eat? What should we eat in a natural situation? 10,000 years ago, everybody's heard me say this, 10,000 years ago, what would our diet look like? Because that's probably what our diet should look like today. Our human bodies are not substantially different today physically, biologically, than they were 10,000 years ago, okay? So what we ate 10,000 years ago really should be what we're eating today because that's the biology of our body. But of course, that's not what we do. Same thing for sleep. 10,000 years ago, there weren't alarm clocks to wake us up, right? Like we didn't get up in the middle of the night or at an unnatural hour. We like slept as much as we needed and then we got up, right? Like we're the only animal on the planet right now that isn't like sleeping as much as we need. The squirrels don't have alarm clocks. They're not hitting them and getting up in the morning earlier than they need. They're getting adequate amounts of sleep. And the reason that they do that is because that is a physiologic process of our body, right? The same thing as kidney filtration, the same thing as our lungs work, the same thing as our cardiovascular system is a physiologic thing that happens in our body that we really like, we're not like, I don't really have the energy to beat the heart this time. I think I'm just going to stop beating my heart for a little bit. I'm tired. I want to break, right? Like we don't do that, but we totally do it with sleep. Like it's just inconvenient for me to need sleep right now. So I'm just not going to do it. I cannot, I really cannot stress to you how important sleep is. So there's not one system in our body that is not negatively impacted by adequate sleep or like by inadequate sleep, by poor sleep hygiene. But for my clients, I primarily, again, my passion is really living a naturally healthy life. Sometimes that looks like weight loss. And then sometimes that looks like diabetes management. Sometimes it looks like smoking. Sometimes it looks like all sorts of things, right? But like, these are the bulk of my clients. So weight loss 
the majority of your weight loss will occur while you're asleep. Like, let that just sit in for a moment. My brother said it to me once. He's like, God, I can just go to sleep and that's how I lose weight. I'm like, yeah, it's really that simple. One, unless you've mastered the art of consuming food while you sleep. And if you have, I guess, kudos to you, strong work, way to be a outstanding individual. But most of us have not. So we can't eat while we sleep, right? Like, so naturally you're going to consume less calories and you're going to burn more of your stored energy when you're asleep because you can't consume. So secondly, diabetics, my diabetics really struggle with this sleep component, right? Because without adequate sleep, you're going to release more, um, what we call catecholamine cortisol. You're going to release more of these hormones into your system that cause your blood sugars to be driven up. You're just going to do that, right? In a diabetic, you have a very exaggerated, what we call cortisol response. You have an exaggerated cortisol release. So you're already releasing a lot of it. And then without adequate sleep, you're getting even more of that released. And that means that your blood sugars first thing in the morning are going to be higher than they need to be higher than expected even, right? Like a lot of my clients will take their blood sugars before they go to bed and they're like, I don't know what happened. It was like 115 and I woke up this morning and it's 158. I didn't eat anything. And of course I'm like, of course you didn't eat anything. Again, unless you've mastered eating in the middle of the night, right? So like eating is not the only thing that drives your blood sugar up, right? And when you're a diabetic, you have this exaggerated cortisol response. And so your fasting blood sugars are going to be higher. And if you're not getting adequate sleep, it's going to be even worse. So there are so many healthy aspects that are things of health, like natural health that are really negatively impacted by not getting enough sleep. And that's what I want to talk about today. So I'm going to give you a couple resources. And these are also hopefully going to be listed in the Facebook live um, notes, like the description of this. So I've tried to type it in. And again, you know, technology, I struggle with it. I'm constantly open to learning new things, but I don't always get it right. So I'm going to tell you about them here briefly, but you can find links to these in the, uh, the Facebook live post. So Matt Walker is a sleep scientist. He has a TED talk, which is a 20, I don't know, it's probably 18 minute TED talk that talks about sleep as your superpower. And it will really blow your socks off about like the importance of sleep. I think the meat and potatoes about what he feels the importance of sleep is really in that TED talk. So there's a link to that. Check it out. Again, his name is Matt Walker. He also has a book. It's called Why We Sleep. That book is pretty long. Like when I say I read a book, let's be honest, I always listen to the book. I love books that are like five, six, seven hours. Matt's book on sleep is about 15 hours. I think it's a, it's a long one. So if you want more information about it, great, it's out there. Check out that book. It's a fabulous book. If you're just wanting the highlights of it, check out the TED Talk because it's a really great TED Talk and really goes into it. There's information on the World Health Organization about sleep. And then a simple Google search of the, the carcinogenic effects. So that's the cancer-causing effects of poor sleep. See what you get when you Google that. It's terrifying but really also pretty enlightening about the negative impact. And then again, to reinforce the importance of sleep in your life. So let's start talking about the parts of our body, like what we know is negatively impacted by sleep. So we know that the cardiovascular system is negatively impacted by poor or inadequate sleep. 
when we don't get enough sleep, we release stress hormones. They're called catecholamines. It's norepinephrine, it's epinephrine. Epinephrine's like layman term is adrenaline. I don't know why saying adrenaline is so much easier than saying epinephrine. I think it's an old term. But either way, those are all released into our system when we don't get enough sleep. Our cardiovascular system is not meant to be under the effect of these hormones all of the time. But when you don't get enough sleep, you are releasing more of it and you're releasing it more frequently. So you are under the effect of these hormones all of the time. The best example or, I don't know, illustration of how our cardiovascular system is negatively impacted by poor sleep is to look at daylight savings. So, you know, in the fall, we fall back an hour of sleep, we get an extra hour of sleep, we fall back. And in the spring, we spring forward, right? So when we look at a simple measurement, so, and they've done this in multiple different countries over many, many years, they look at the rate of myocardial infarctions, so heart attacks, the rate of heart attacks in the 24-hour period after we either fall back or spring forward, okay? So in the fall, we gain an hour of sleep. So we get an extra hour of sleep. The diagnosis of heart attacks goes down by about 21% in the 24 hours following that gain of an hour, that extra hour of sleep. And that's just one hour, 21%. Now, if you look at the other side of that in the spring, when we spring forward and we lose an hour of sleep, the impact's even higher. The diagnosis of a heart attack in the 24 hour period after we lose one single hour of sleep goes up by 24%. And again, these are studies that have been done many, many different countries over many, many different years. And that's the impact of a single hour of sleep on our cardiovascular system. And of course, it's not just our cardiovascular system, it's all sorts of things, right? It's also um, the impact, I mean, all-cause mortality increases. So all causes of death increase by lo losing sleep. So we see it everywhere. But I just think it's really impactful to see the heart attack rate increase over one hour of sleep or decrease over one hour of sleep. That's how imperative, how important our sleep is. So please, I hope you hear that. I really like, that just blows my mind. One hour of sleep, it's that important. Genetics, like our genetic material is changed by how much sleep we do or don't get. There's a whole study of genetics, it's called epigenetics. When I was going through college, this is, I think it was one or two I think it was a chapter in a book, right? I think there was one or two lectures that talked about epigenetics, but that um, field of study has really exploded. And we've learned so much more about what really causes epigenetic effects. So epigenetics is our ability to change the way that our genes are expressed. So we know like genes are given to us by birth, right? Like we get certain genes, like you're either a green-eyed or a blue-eyed person or a brown-eyed person, right? Like that just comes from what we get from our parents. But epigenetics is then the effects that our lifestyle has on the genes that we've been given. So we're given a ton of genes that are not necessarily expressed, like not all of them are expressed. Epigenetics is what causes those to be expressed or not expressed, right? So what we've realized is sleep really affects the epigenetics. Frequently, lack of sleep will suppress or turn off our cancer-fighting genes and turn on our cancer-causing genes. 
that's one bad news of not enough sleep or inadequate sleep. The other thing that it does is when we aren't getting enough sleep, we don't repair our genes as effectively as we would if we are getting enough sleep. So what that means is there's a lot more random mutations that happen to our genes when we are not getting enough sleep. So the impact of this, of course, most cancers are genetic, right? Like there's something that went wrong in our gene, in our genes, in a cell to turn that cell on indefinitely. And that causes tumors to occur. Like that's what it is, right? So the World Health Organization has actually put shift working. So that's working that interrupts your normal circadian rhythm. They have put shift working on a list of probable carcinogens that they have. Like benzene, that probably is a carcinogen. Smoking, we know that's a carcinogen, right? Sleep, it's probably a carcinogen. Like not getting enough sleep. Anything that impacts your normal, like negatively impacts or change your normal circadian rhythm, that's a prob probable carcinogen. The genetic effects of not enough sleep on our system is also, again, a huge impact. We know that memory, is negatively impact by sleep, impacted by sleep. And we probably, I mean, like you probably experience this. A bad night of sleep, you can't remember where you put your car keys. I do this. I've had some, like I've been really busy lately. So my sleep has really been compressed and I really try to stick to at least seven hours of sleep a night. But sometimes it's six hours and 45 minutes. Sometimes it's six and a half hours, right? I try to shoot for eight hours. That's really seven and a half, eight hours is really what my body needs. And I get sleepy without it. So this morning, I don't know if my husband is going to listen to this on the podcast. So I was certain that he hid my comb. He hid it. I knew he hid it. I still think he hid it. And there's still a part of me that thinks he put it on my dresser where I had been looking for the comb. He put it there when my back was turned. And then I turned around and I saw the comb that I'd been looking for for about five minutes. I totally blamed him for this. And like still deep in my heart, I still blame him for doing this. Right. But of course, intellectually, I'm like, no, I probably was there the whole time. And I just overlooked it. Right. Like I couldn't find it. I forgot where I put it. And then I was like so flustered with all of it that I couldn't even see it right in front of my face. Or my husband put it there behind my back when I wasn't looking. One of those two things happened. I don't know how you choose. But definitely our, our most of us have experienced that our memory is totally negatively impacted by how much sleep we have or have not gotten, right? Like if we don't get enough sleep, we have a hard time remembering simple things throughout the day. Learning, that's another thing, man. We used to think that you had to have great learning or great sleep after a learning experience, right? Like, so you had to get good sleep in order to hit the save button in our brain and remember the things that we've learned. But now we're also learning or realizing through studies and research that you have to also get adequate sleep before your learning experience, almost as a way of priming the brain or clearing the brain so that it's able to take in this new information and absorb it in a permanent way so that the learning is like, you have the most uh, effort Efficacy. I don't know what other word to use. You're most efficiently learning things. And that is by getting sleep beforehand. And then of course, sleep afterwards. So the really terrifying part about this is the way that we treat sleep in America is like that. It's just, you know, okay. It's just a luxury if you get enough sleep. Right. So we see this in our teens, right? Like high schools start earlier than elementary schools, middle schools and high schools start earlier than elementary schools in America. Even though research shows the circadian rhythm in adolescence moves later into the day. 
So like my teenager or my, she's not a teen, she's 12 year old. I have 12 year old twins. They like, my son isn't in that adolescent. He's not quite in that puberty phase yet, but my daughter totally is. And that girl will totally sleep until like 10 or 11 or 12 in the morning, in the afternoon, right? Like in the mid morning, like pushing afternoon. I used to like my, my 22 year old son. He totally would have gotten yelled at for this. My 22 year old daughter, my 20 year old daughter, that would have never been handed. Nope. You got to get out of bed. It's eight o'clock. It's nine o'clock. It's time to get out of bed, get your day going. But of course, when I got new information on this and realized that that's just their circadian rhythm is to go to bed later in the day and get up later in the day, right? This is just their circadian rhythm. And that's what research shows. But of course, our school system has shifted their their start time for school so early that they cannot get adequate sleep. Of course, they're not learning enough. Of course, they're not learning as efficiently as they could be because we're messing with their circadian rhythm. We also see this in college, right? Like college, and of course, again, college kids like use this as a badge of honor. How late can you stay up and still be at class the next day? When I was in training for medical school, like sleep was not a priority. Frequently sleep was not like, like it was a afterthought. And then in residency training, oh my gosh, they would have us staying up for 48 or 72 hours at a time. It was dangerous, but of course it was also impairing our learning when that's what we were there to do was to learn. So this is a shift societally, right? This is not just a me or you shift. This is a shift in our society. Like we need to get a different idea about sleep, but definitely like not getting enough sleep negatively impacts our ability to learn. So let's talk for a minute about recommendations on sleep. First off, consistency is key. Like having the same time that you go to bed every day and getting up at the same time every morning is imperative same time whether it's saturday or whether it's wednesday it doesn't matter you should be getting up at the same time every day um, that is the most important thing that you can do to get good adequate sleep getting enough sleep seven to eight, seven to nine hours a day for most human beings and then doing it at the same time every day whether you how do you know whether you need seven or nine hours if you wake up in the morning and you're still tired you need more sleep if you're sleepy in the afternoon and like need a nap you need more sleep Okay, so that's consistency. The consistency component is key, and then giving yourself enough sleep opportunity. Naps, actually, there's a lot of evidence that an afternoon nap really benefits you, but recognize if you're taking naps in the afternoon and you find that you can't fall asleep at night, then, then you need to cut naps out. Um, avoiding alcohol. So we look at what's called a half-life in like for medications to see how they're eliminated from our body essentially so how quickly we get them out of our body half-life of alcohol is about four to five hours so if you drink you have to go through four to five half-lives to get it all out of your system if you're having drinks at 10 o'clock at night or six o'clock at night you're not getting that alcohol out of your system okay and whether you drink and how much you drink and whether drinking is right for you and when you should do it and like strategies for drinking beer that's a whole different conversation i'm not saying you need to remove all alcohol from your life i'm saying you need to do it very strategically though caffeine's another example caffeine's half-life is about five hours so it takes 20 hours 20 to 25 hours to get that caffeine out of your system 
four to five half-lives, okay? So if you're drinking caffeine in the middle of the afternoon or in the evening, it's not getting out of your system and it's negatively impacting that circadian rhythm. I know, I know you're telling me, no, 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 I don't need that much sleep. But what I'm telling you is yes, you do. And even if you're able to fall asleep after drinking the caffeine, it does not matter. That is a problem. It negatively impacts your normal sleep cycle, okay? Avoiding lights. Lights shut off your ability to turn on the sleep mechanism in your brain. So that's computer screens, that's telephone screens, like iPhone screens, that's um, tablet screens, that's television screens, all of it. Keep your room dark, keep those lights out of your eyes for about an hour or two before you're going to bed. None of us do that. That's like such a hard thing for us to stop doing. Keep your room cool. Your core temperature of your body has to drop by about two to three degrees Fahrenheit for you to initiate and maintain sleep. So keep your, your room cool is really important. Setting a good sleep routine, like you do the same things every night before you go to bed. You go upstairs, you floss your teeth, you brush your teeth, you brush your face, you go lay down in bed, you read for about five or 10 minutes, you shut the lights off, you go to bed. Doing that same thing every night before you go to bed is imperative to kind of get you into that consistent turning off your brain and turning on your sleep cycle. And then lastly, avoiding sleep aids. This is kind of counterintuitive. Most people don't recognize that this is what you have to do, but you totally have to avoid sleep aids. I know they may make you unconscious, right? Like you can take enough Benadryl to make you unconscious. You can take enough Ambien to make you unconscious. And Ambien really wants you to take their Ambien because they wanna sell you that drug, right? Lunesta, same thing, they wanna sell that to you. And yes, they want you to believe that this is what you need to initiate sleep. But what I am trying to tell you is that it does not mimic real sleep. It does not mimic your real circadian rhythm or your sleep cycle. It will make you unconscious. It is not restorative, it is not restful. So those things need to be avoided. So. I hope you found this helpful. If you have any questions and you're on the Facebook Live, you're listening to this on the replay, definitely um, post those questions in the chat and I will try to um, answer those in the chat. If you are listening to this on my podcast and you have any questions, you can always send me an email to delane at delanemd.com. I'm happy to answer any questions. If you really want to start living that naturally healthy life, whether it's weight loss, whether it's diabetes, whether it's smoking, whether you have cholesterol issues and you know that this is primarily related to your diet, send an email to that email address, delane at delanemd.com to get together with me and see if my services are something that could help you with that naturally healthy life. That's really what I'm passionate about. That's really what I want to help everybody to do. So if you have any questions, holler at me. If not, I will talk to you next week. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Also leave me a review. If you want to resolve your diabetes naturally without any pills or injections, I can help you. Visit DelaneMD.com for more information. Click on the work with me tab, send me a message, and we can set up a mini coaching session. You guys have a great week. I'll talk to you soon.